0: Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 13. That's where I'm going to be preaching from this morning. First Samuel chapter 13. We're going to begin in verse 5, go along about to verse 13. And I want to talk to you this morning about the pitfalls of pressure. Anybody in the room ever feel like they are under pressure? Anybody, do I have a witness in the room today that you would say there are times in my life, maybe you're right now going through a season where you feel like your life is under pressure. I think everybody, everybody there's no one that does not deal with pressure and and here's the thing about pressure. Pressure can be this force that can really cause us to react in ways that are very counterproductive in our lives. Amen. It can cause us to react It can cause us to do a lot of things That we wouldn't normally do It causes us to react irrationally at times It causes us to abandon our principles At times And more importantly than that It causes us to abandon the principles Of the word of God If we're not careful Pressure pressure. When we panic Or we lose patience I think that we seldom in those moments Make the wisest decisions I mean In my life, when I make bad decisions, it's generally because I feel pressure or I am impatient and I feel like I have to do something on the spot. I have to react to something and I have to deal with something now rather than just waiting on the presence and the Word of God to direct me and move me forward from that point. We tend to react. When I feel the need to react, the best thing that I can do is wait on God And seek God. Amen. When you feel the need to react. When you feel pressure pushing down on you. It is in those moments that we need to take a pause. And we need to ask God to help us. And to wait on the Lord. Psalms 56 and 3 says this. Whenever I am afraid. I will trust you. Whenever things are falling apart. Whenever pressure's mounting against me, whenever thing, whenever times in my life things are spinning out of control, it's in those moments that I will trust you. David is somebody who understands a little bit about pressure. There's been many times in his life where the king was out to kill him and, and other things, he was facing down a giant in the middle of a field with everybody watching him. There's some pressure moments in his life and he understands and begins to pin this later in his life that when I feel afraid, when I feel stressed, when I feel burdened, that's the times that I have made up my mind that I am going to trust you. Anytime I find in my life that I get ahead of God, it is always a terrible mistake. And it can have severe and unpleasant consequences. Sometimes very severe and sometimes very unpleasant consequences. Also, here's the thing about pressure. Pressure, when responded to poorly, can also give me rights that I really don't have. Think about it. And it can cause me to justify things that are wrong under the false premise that I have earned the right to react accordingly. Well, pastor, you didn't know how they treated me. It gave me the right to act poorly in that situation. You don't know what pressure I've been under. And this this little sin over here on the side of my life is something that is a release to me. It's something that I can turn to. It's something that comforts me. It's something that helps me. And so I have a right to do it because I went through all of this stuff. We begin to justify the right to do wrong things. Here's what I would say to that is that anything that replaces the Holy Spirit as your comforter is an enemy to your soul. Anything, anything that replaces the Holy Spirit as your comforter is an enemy to your soul. If when you're having a bad day, what is it that you turn to? When things are going wrong in your life, what is it that you turn to? When things are out of control and and you don't know what to do, what is it that you turn to? Because whatever you turn to in your life in those moments is an indicator of who you're trusting to get you through or what you're trusting to get you through. And so let's look at some pitfalls this morning of pressure. And we'll use the life of Saul to do that father help us this morning i pray your anointing on me as i preach this word i pray that you help me to communicate clearly these ideas these concepts i pray that you bring to my mind stories and illustrations things that will make this teaching practical to the lives of your people i believe that father you've given us a way of escape if we'll just take it and i pray that god today that we would learn to look to you in times of stress in times of trouble in times of difficulty and we ask these things today in jesus name amen the life of saul Saul was an excuse guy. Saul was the kind of guy that uh, he would always look for an excuse to justify behavior. He was always the kind of guy that would try to find a way out or find someone to blame. Saul was anointed king over Israel. God had used him to be the first king over Israel. What a great honor that was bestowed upon him. And God had his hand on him and greatness was within Saul's grasp. But Saul struggled. Why did Saul struggle? Saul struggled throughout his entire reign as king. Largely because he lacked character, he lacked confidence in God, and he lacked courage to do what is right. Let me say those three things again Because these three things are vitally important To every person weathering stress and difficulty in your life Saul lacked character He lacked confidence in God And he lacked courage to do the right thing Here's the deal If we want to overcome storms and tribulations and trials and tr- struggles Then we got to have some courage we got to have some confidence in God And we got to have the character to sustain us In the midst of those trials and difficulties That is the choice that we have Pressure is going to defeat you or pressure is going to define you. What is pressure? You can't avoid it. You can't get around it. There's going to be days where you have pressure on you. There's going to be times when you feel it crushing you from the outside in. But it's either going to define you or it's going to disrupt your life and destroy your life. Saul didn't react to things in the right way. Saul lacked things defeat him rather than pressure define him. He let pressure wreck him rather than refine him in his life. And that is the choice that we have too. Saul had the tendency to always react poorly when faced with a dilemma. That was just his natural tendency. He always walked with the flesh instead of the spirit in many cases in his life. And all of us in this place today, we have the natural tendency too to respond to pressure in a counterproductive manner. It is natural for all of us to respond to pressure in a counterproductive manner. When I get upset, it is natural for me to react. When I get to feeling stressed, it is natural for me to react to that stress in an unholy way, and an un. Uh, in a non-productive way it is natural for me to do those things that's just who we are as as flesh and humans it's natural it's natural for us that sometimes when we have felt like we have poured ourselves out and we have given ourselves to uh, whatever cause we're working towards that it gives us the right to come and find some indulgence or some sin because we've earned that right to do it because of all the pressure in our lives that's how sins always justified. church It's always justified by I have been through this, therefore I have the right to do this. But that's not true. And that never leads us to a good place. It never leads us to God's blessing. Saul has the tendency to always react negatively. He's being led by his flesh rather than his spirit. And all of us have that same tendency in our lives. We're all born with a problem and that problem is is a disease called sin every person in this room is born with it but here is the good news there is a cure for that disease and it is the spirit of God received and free to operate in your life yes it might be natural for you to do that but that doesn't make it right this morning yes it may be the natural thing that I always want to do but it's time for me to sanctify myself in the blood of Jesus Christ and react different than the world acts Jonathan, Saul's son, previous to our text, he has taken a thousand men. He's attacked the Philistines, and as a result of that, the Philistines now are responding by gathering an army. Saul calls all of Israel together at Gilgal, and they're getting ready to fight. And this is where we pick up our story. First Samuel chapter 13, verse 5. Then the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel. 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen. Now, that's an army. Can somebody say pressure? And people as as the sand which is on the seashore in multitude. This is a huge army that is now responding to an attack, and they are gathering now against Saul and Israel, who have a fledgling army. It says that they camped, they came up and encamped at Michmash to the east of Beth. Avon. When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed, yes, I would imagine, that they hid in caves and thickets in rocks in holes and in pits. And some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people followed him, trembling. Now, I don't know about you, but that does not instill courage in my life to know that I am way outnumbered and that the people that are with me are scared to death to be with me. I'm gathering here to trust God, to deal with the pressure that I'm facing in my life. And the fact is, the people that are supposed to be for me the people that are supposed to be in the boat with me, the people that I'm supposed to be able to count on are hiding in caves, they're hiding under rocks, they're running to another place, they're trying to get away, and the ones that have the courage enough to stand there are standing just by the grace of God because they're scared to death and trembling. Doesn't create a confident situation. I think it's safe to say that Saul and Israel are feeling pressure. They have a massive army that is mounting against them and they know that their only hope is God. Everybody in this room is going to find yourself in a high pressure situation from time to time. My question to you is what are you going to do when you find yourself in that high pressure situation? It's going to come. So what am I going to do when it comes? Many of our teachers are getting ready to go back to school. You're feeling the pressure of getting your classrooms ready. You're feeling the pressure of of meeting new folks and and organizing new systems and learning new new approaches because every year you have to do it different than you did it the year before. And so there's all of this pressure that's mounting against you. You can relate to that. Many of us in our jobs, we feel the pressure. We feel the pressure of our home life. What are we going to do when we feel that pressure? Verse 8 says, Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, Bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now listen, here's what you have to understand about the text for this to make sense. Is that offering the sacrifice was exclusively uh, permitted by the priest. It was not allowed by the king. It was not uh, Saul's place to take care of this particular part. He was sent to Gilgal to wait on the prophet of the Lord to come, offer the sacrifice, and by doing that he was inviting the Lord into the Into partnership with him in defeating this army. The fact is, the only hope he had was that God would come to their rescue. And so he's feeling the pressure. His men are leaving. He's seeing this army start to gather. He's seeing the hearts of the men that are in his company wax cold. And he's starting to fall to the pressure. And so Saul sets to Gilgal and sits, sees his army is falling apart. And the enemy is mobilizing against him. He waits seven days for Samuel to come and offer sacrifices. But on the seventh day, Saul panics. And he acts unwisely by offering the sacrifice. Caving under pressure, giving in to pressure, falling apart when. We need to be strengthening ourselves under the, the, the presence of God. Saul offers the burnt offering himself in order to gain God's favor. And in his fear and impatience, Saul sins by directly disobeying God's command. So let me give you this point to start with. Sin is never the solution to the problem. No matter what pressure you're facing in your life, no matter what you feel what corner you feel backed into. No matter how much people are waiting on you to make a decision. Sin is never the solution to any problem that you are facing in your life. It's an escape. It's a it's a way out that we try to take sometimes. It is something that we use as we cave under the pressure. But it is never the solution to the problem. The problem is still going to be waiting on you on the backside of sin. And not only will the problem be there, but also the guilt and shame that accompanies the failure of sin sin always portrays itself as a release when in reality it is always a bondage it always it's always an entrapment set by the enemy to further bring us into bondage and further subdue us we can never disobey god and hope good will come from it and that god will bless it you can never you can't cheat in your business because you feel the pressure to make payroll and hope that God will ultimately bless that kind of behavior. You can't cave under the pressure of sin because you need a release in your life and cave to the pressure of that. The fact is, whatever God says in His Word is true. That is always the pathway to blessing in my life. There is no other pathway to get to the presence and power and the release of God's blessing in my life except through following His Word manipulation deception they're never pathways to blessing so how do we deal with pressure without falling prey to it the second point is this that we need to preempt reactionary mistakes by defining principles to live by we preempt reactionary mistakes by defining principles that we're going to live live by a negative reaction always happens When what? When we abandon principle. A negative reaction is always going to happen when we abandon principle. When we walk away from what we know. And so here's a little nugget for you. I have to decide now and how I will react then and when. I have to decide now and how I'm going to react then and when those situations come into my life. I don't wait till the moment of pressure to decide how I'm going to react to pressure because if I wait that long, then I'm not going to have any principles established in my life and I'm going to always act in a negative way. So if I establish now, when I go to work tomorrow and my boss is a jerk to me, I am going to decide right now how I'm going to react to that situation and I'm going to act in accordance to the Word of God. I am going to treat disdain with the love of Christ. I am going to, retreat disres- I'm going to treat disrespect with respect. I'm going to react in a way that, that honors and glorifies the name of Jesus in every situation. I have to decide now and how I'm going to react then and when. If I don't, I'm always going to succumb to my natural and fleshly tendencies. But when I decide now, then I can gather myself. And I can center myself to recall those principles and then obey those principles. How do I deal with pressure? The answer is principled living. Principled decision making. You have to decide now how you're going to treat people. Regardless of how people treat you. We all have the opportunity to respond to the dingbats in our lives. In a negative way. And we also have the opportunity to respond to those same dingbats in a positive way. And who knows that God wouldn't use some moment like that to start changing and touching the heart of a person if we will just allow him to do so. Principled living. Principled decision making. Principles become a hedge against pressure. They become a barrier against pressure. They become this hedge that helps me to deal with pressure in my life. When a building's integrity is compromised, what happens to it? It collapses. And the same thing happens in the life of a believer. When your integrity is compromised, when my integrity is compromised, collapse is always inevitable. I will buckle And I will crumble under the pressure of life if I don't have the integrity that I need to live my life by. Verse 10 goes on to say, Now it happened as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering that Samuel came. Think about it. And Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. As soon as Saul finishes making the burnt offering, which he was not supposed to make, Samuel approaches him. Have you ever had the feeling in your life If I had only waited just a little bit longer. If I had only waited just a little bit longer. If I had only been a little bit more patient. If I had only reset myself and not reacted out of panic. If I had only waited a harsh word, a quick response, a poor decision because I didn't wait long enough to gain the counsel of the Holy Spirit before proceeding. I don't think that there's anything more sickening in the pit of your stomach than to get that feeling that oh my goodness, if I had only waited. If only I had taken the counsel of the Lord. If only I had reacted out of my principles instead of my flesh. We we are it's inevitable that every person in this room is going to react poorly under pressure at times. It's just it's just who we are. That's not the goal of course. That's not an excuse even to throw in the towel and just, well, that's just what we do sometimes. No. But inevitably, we're probably going to react and find ourselves in a situation where we are saying to ourselves, if I had just waited or if I had just sought counsel, if I had just calmed myself, if I had just not spoken and kept my mouth shut, somebody in the house, say amen to that. Verse 11 says, and Samuel said, what have you done? Samuel knows exactly what Saul's done. He's not seeking information here. He has given Saul a chance to repent and to make things right. Think about that for a moment. Samuel approaches him. He knows what Saul's done, and he says, what have you done? What were you thinking? What is wrong, going wrong in that head of yours? Anybody ever asked their kids that? Anybody ask their family that? What is going on in that head of yours? What are you doing? He's given him a chance to make things right. He's given him a chance to repent. Samuel is a voice of conviction and an invitation even back to the right standing with God. Samuel has given Saul an opportunity to right the wrong and correct the mistake and move forward from that point in a positive manner. God always does that. And here's the thing. Generally when you have an if I had only waited moment, it's followed by what have you done moment. That's certainly the case in my own life. When I have those moments where I feel like, oh my goodness, if I'd have just waited, it's not long after that that I get that same feeling. What have you done? What kind of mess have you made now? What kind of situation have you created that is worse than the situation that you were in? And we keep making a, a little mess into a bigger mess. Samuel is that voice of conviction and invitation back to right standing. It is the Holy Spirit in our text for us. Offering us conviction and invitation back to right standing. The Spirit of God is helping you recenter yourself in the grace of God. And here's the third point. That when pressure gets the best of you, quickly respond to the Holy Spirit. When I know I've blown it. When I know I've made a mistake. The best thing that I can do is be honest about that mistake. And do everything I can to make it right. It's better than making excuses. It's better than placing blame. It's better than trying to send my way out of it or work my way out of it. It's always better to just simply respond to the Holy Spirit. Samuel is trying to help Saul. He's trying to get him back to center. And how is Saul going to respond to this invitation? Will he accept it or reject it? Verse 11, Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattered from me, And that you did not come within the days appointed. And that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash. Then I said or I thought in the NIV. The Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal. And I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. So Saul instead of making confession and finding forgiveness. Saul makes excuses. Here's his excuses. The people were scattering. The enemy was gathering. And you didn't show up. You didn't come. It's the people's fault, God. It's my boss's fault, God. It's, it's my wife's fault, God. It's my kid's fault, God. It's, it's everybody else's fault in my life, God. It can't be my fault, I'm telling you. If you only stood the, understood the details of my circumstance, you would feel sorry for me you would grant me this indulgence you would grant me this opportunity to circumvent your plan and to do things my own way it's these people it's it's the 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 enemy the devil made me do it god you know, I, I was doing good, but then the devil set a trap for me and, and I just I just didn't see it coming and I got caught up in it and, and suddenly here I am in this situation. It's the enemy's fault. And then he even goes as far to say, and even you are partly to blame for this poor decision because you didn't come at the allotted time. I would say to you this morning that it is better to make confession and find forgiveness than to make excuses and find ways to justify your behavior. I said it is better to make confession and find forgiveness than to make excuses and find ways to justify bad behavior. Trying to justify our sin, shift the blame, hide our sin behind excuses, only makes things worse. And the last point is this, disobedience left unchecked always grows. Saul's problem was that He made excuses and he kept making excuses. He always tried to justify his disobedience. His problem was that he just didn't follow the directions that God gave him. He didn't follow the the principles in God's word. He didn't follow the plan that God put before him. He was always leaving his disobedience unchecked. And because of that, it was always growing and ultimately cost him everything. Saul is not dealing with his sin. He's trying to excuse it and blame it on somebody else. Look at verse 11 again. When I saw the people were scattered from me and that you didn't come within the days appointed. There it is right there. It's actually God's fault. It's actually God's fault because he didn't show up on time. God, when you didn't work according to my plan, I felt the need to go ahead. God, when you didn't show up at the time that I allotted for you, I decided that I could work it out best for myself. God, when you weren't on the page with me, look at the key words here in verse 11 and verse 12. They'll put it on the screen for you. When I saw, when I saw the enemy gathering, when I saw the people leaving, then I thought, therefore I felt. Let's look at those three statements. Because those are real indicators of the struggle that all of us have. When I saw, who and what you are focused on is always going to determine what you do. Saul is looking at the people. He is looking at the enemy. But he ain't paying attention to God. And because he's not paying attention to God, he abandons the principles of God. And he starts to do things on his own. Saul is focused on the people. And he is focused on himself rather than being focused on the Lord. Verse 6 says when the people of Israel saw that they were in danger. For the people were distressed, and the people hid in caves and thickets and rocks and holes and in pits. Even the people have their eyes on the wrong things. Bad leadership Saul is not gathering his people and saying, yes, we have an enemy that's coming against us. Yes, we have some areas of life here that's putting pressure on us. I'm not denying the facts that surround me, but I am going to tell you in spite of these facts, there is a truth that remains greater than these facts, and that is that God is greater than our enemy. God is for us and not against us. God is going to come to our rescue, and God is going to bail me out of this situation. I'm keeping my eyes focused on Him, and I'm not letting them waver. To the right or to the left. I'm going to stay focused on the one that can bring me out of this situation. Pressure is always meant to drive you into isolation. And then cause you to react out of that isolation. Everybody's hiding by themselves. And they wonder why they feel alone. Saul is standing by himself rather than rallying his people. Under the gathering of God's promises and God's God's help He's letting everybody just go on their own And now even Saul is by himself Anytime we find ourselves in isolation We make ourselves vulnerable to pressure And we will react out of that isolation It's the idea that no one can help me but me So I have to do something If I don't do How many of you said this If I don't do something Nobody's going to i probably say that statement at least three or four times a week. If I don't take care of this, who's going to take care of it? But isn't that a self-promoting idea? Isn't that really pride speaking and saying that if if it's not for me, this isn't going to get done? Who are we counting on this morning? Are we counting on ourselves or are we counting on God? We live by faith and not by sight. So it doesn't matter what he saw. It matters what he knows that God can do. We're never alone. We always have a God with us. He says, when I saw that, then I thought. Another truth is that what my mind has chosen to center on is going to determine what I do. What I set my mind on, what I focus on, is going to determine what I do. Am I going to center on the problem or am I going to center on the solution? Am I going to trust in human answers or am I going to trust God to work things out? We set our minds on things above the word of God tells us. When I saw, then I thought, therefore I felt. When we walk by our flesh and not according to our faith, we are always walking away from the life of Christ. I said when we are walking by our flesh and not according to our faith, we are always walking away From the life of Jesus Christ. We walk by faith and not by our flesh. Saul is walking by sight and not by faith. He's letting what he feels override what he knows. And we can never let what we feel override what we know. It doesn't matter how I feel today. The truth is that God's still on the throne. God's still got my back. He's never left me nor forsaken me. He's not leaving me now. He's not going to abandon me in my time of need. Saul is letting fear and impatience drive his decisions and not God's word. Saul is not trusting God. He's relying on himself. Verse 13 says, And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But ultimately what happens is God rips the kingdom away from Saul. How big of an impact can a rash decision have on your life? Well, I'll tell you what it had on Saul. The difference between having the kingdom of Israel forever versus having it taken away from him. And we can strike the rock, so to speak, in our lives. To the point that we alienate ourselves from the very promised land God has prepared for us. And we have to be careful about that. The word foolishly here in the text indicates more than Saul just acting unintelligently, it indicates that he is morally and spiritually lacking in his decision. I go back to what I said in the beginning character, 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 courage in God, trusting in Him. All of those things are vital. His foolish and disobedient response causes him to lose the kingdom of God. His lack of acknowledging the problem and responding to the Holy Spirit's conviction will cost him everything. Amber, would you come this morning? Saul responded to the pressure with haste and to conviction with excuses. And it ultimately cost him everything. Saul did what was right in his own eyes and not what was right in God's eyes. And here's the deal, is that our feelings can cause us to act foolishly. Our feelings will cause us to act foolishly if they're left unchecked. And they can ultimately lead to moral and spiritual decay in our lives. So often we feel an overwhelming overwhelming urge to make a snap decision. And later we regret that we didn't wait for God's timing, We didn't trust His plan and we didn't heed His word. When we feel afraid, we should trust in Him. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust you, Psalms 56 and 3. When we don't know what to do, we should wait on God. Seek Him and God will guide us. Would you stand across this place this morning? Sin is never the solution to a problem. We preempt reactionary mistakes by defining principles that we're going to live by. When pressure gets the best of us, we respond quickly to the Holy Spirit. And disobedience left unchecked always grows in my life. I've got to deal with these things the right way. I've got to establish principles in my life and then live by those principles. we got to decide now and how we're going to react then and when trouble and pressure comes. So let me ask you across this place today, where are you feeling pressure in your life right now? Where are you feeling pressure in your life right now? Because I would encourage you this morning to let God help you center in His presence and act according to the principles of His Word. And so if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm feeling the pressure of some areas in my life, and I need God to help me. I'm going to invite you to come and gather in the front of these altars and just let God begin to work in your life. If that's you, would you come? Let God begin to help you this morning. I'm feeling pressure. I'm feeling the strain. I'm feeling things pushing on me. I need God to help me. I don't know how much longer I can hold out. I don't know how much more I can take. Let me say this to you this morning too. Pride makes excuses. Humility makes a way out. Pride is what stops us from doing what God came to fix. Pride is what stands in the way today between you and God's answer for your life. It's as simple as that. Pride will keep you in your seat when you owe you ought to move. Pride will keep you from advancing towards God because you're afraid to really have to rely on Him. Pride will stop you in your tracks and keep you from doing what God came to take care of In your life, don't let pride get in the way this morning. Humility will open a door for him to work in your life if you'll let it. And so if you're here and you feel the pressure of life, I feel the pressure of my children. I don't know what to do about that. I don't know how to manage them. I don't know how to take care of them. I don't know how to teach them the right things. I don't know how to deal with their behavior. I don't know what to do about my job. I don't know what to do about my boss. I don't know what to do about my marriage. I don't know what to do about my finances. I'm feeling pressure in these areas. Let God help you this morning. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We would love for you to join us at the River on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays I'm at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the River, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burleson, Texas. And as always, we encourage you oh, my to come experience life with left us at me it more Till i found myself Face down on your shore You say come to the river